no better place to be than in his faithful hands. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together. Father, Lord, we're just so thankful, Lord, that we can come to you this morning, Lord, knowing that all our days are in your hands. Lord, whatever we go through, whatever place we find ourselves in, you know all about it. And Jesus cares. Lord, may every person in this building realize this morning that Jesus cares. He cares about you. He cares about our needs. He cares about our moments and our trials, our troubles, our good times and our bad times. Jesus cares. And Lord, we just ask that you would come this morning. You would speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to step out of the way, Lord. And let you minister to your people. Lord, you know the things that are upon our hearts. Just help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's turn to Genesis 1 and verse 1 and also Leviticus 25. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's just a wonderful place to stop for a moment. And, amen. And just let all the world go by. Amen. I, I just let the world go by this morning. Amen. Just let Fox News and whatever else you've been looking at just go on by. Amen. We're here with Jesus for a moment in this time set aside to worship him and to hear from him. Genesis 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Also Leviticus 25 and verse 9. Then shall thou cause the trumpet of jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And you shall hollow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you and you shall return every man unto his possessions, and you shall turn every man unto his family. Amen. We'll let you be seated this morning. I'd just like to speak to you on the never-failing word, and then also freedom released. Amen. I mean, how many is glad that your freedom has been given to you? Amen. Just been looking at these things for some time as we had been away from the pulpit for a moment with Brother Tim taking a few Wednesday nights and then our meetings and I'd just like to say that's some of the best meetings or if not the best meetings I've ever been in in my life. Just seeing God move for his people and how many of this morning can say God moved for me? Amen. Amen. God reached down and touched me. You know, uh, it's amazing how that, you know, some meetings I've talked to different the ministers and we just all agree. Some meetings, you know, you have uh, maybe out of five or six services, you have a couple of them that were just outstanding. But in this meeting, I don't know. I just think every one of them was outstanding. Amen. God moving uh, time after time after time. And then just to see how everything was orchestrated of the Lord and, and how God put things in place. I mean, 
you know, Brother Ron preaching that Saturday night and taking it out of there and Ziglag was burned and Abigail was taken. You know, I was speaking to Brother Josh just this week and he said, you know, that very week as they was preparing to come, actually the very evening they was leaving trying to get things done and he's, he's in the middle of building a house and got a lot of things going on and on his plate, but he's trying to get out and and get out and get out on a good time. And as they stopped to meet another family to t- bring some more young people with them, they was eating in a restaurant. And Sister Abigail, his youngest daughter, there was started having a panic attack and just a real fear coming over. And she didn't want to come. And so you know, he said, I, as a father, was just really feeling sorry for her and and thought, well, you know, I talked. I told her I talked to your mom, and we'll find a place for you to stay. And, and maybe with somebody, and so he went to talk to, amen, Sister Kimberly, and she said, no, 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 she's going with us, said, this is her time for deliverance, amen. and God orchestrating all of that, and bringing all that together, and, and knowing that young lady, and how that, that, that thing had been on her, for her to be able to grab a hold of a man's arm, and come out of the, out of the uh, mezzanine there, and walk down, that had to be God, and God moving upon his people, and and, and, you know, just hearing the voice of God speak service after service, and, and it was such power, and then not only just power, but also vindication, and God fulfilling his word and, and bringing what he said to pass, you know, and, and as our pastor's been on healing and things and, and bringing that back to our remembrance, I thought, you know, Wednesday night was just a wonderful uh, follow-up to that, that healing is ours. It's our, it's our possession. It's not, uh, sickness is not the glory of God. Healing is the glory of God. And I believe that's, uh, you know, a lie the devil's tried to put on us, you know, for, through the theologians and things of this day, you know, our, our days past that, that, you know, we have to bear those things. We have to live with those things. But, amen, we're not, amen, a children of bondage. We're children of freedom. And God has brought in perfect liberty, amen, in this hour that we're living by a message that was spoken. You know, as we look here, I, I just thinking on these things as, as God would begin to speak the very first words that are written here in the Bible that he spoke, let there be light, and there was light. It was a voice that was spoke into the darkness. It was a voice that was spoke into nothingness, but once that voice was released and was said, nothing could stop it and nothing could keep it from coming to pass. Amen. It had to fulfill what was in his mind. And, and I believe when God speaks in this day, it has the same, the same power, the same vindication, the same thing that once it's released, nothing can stop it. But it will fulfill that which is, which is in his mind, you know, and, and thinking about the jubilee that was sounding in, in, the, in the beginning of a creation that God was going to bring a perfect creation and he was going to bring it according to what was in his mind and, and you know, and then bringing it down into Leviticus as he would begin to tell the children of Israel that on the 50th year, the trumpet shall sound and when it shall sound, it'll be a jubilee and every man can return to his possession. Now, it did not hinge on if, with whether the taskmaster was there, or the slave owner was there or not, or, what, or if, if symptoms was there. It didn't matter about none of that. When that trumpet sounded, amen, it had a voice that was released, and that voice went forth into that land, and nothing could stop it. 
Amen. Nothing could put it back once it was sounded. Amen. Once it was accepted, it was over. And it went beyond what the slave owner had to say anymore. It went beyond what he felt. It went beyond the symptoms that was there. Amen. It didn't matter if the slave owner was still standing there or, or shall we say symptoms was still there. It had sounded and it was over with. And nothing could put it back. You know, I, I've had this laying in my office, and I've referred to it many times. And, and, and I've got this over in Israel. You know, this is the ram's horn, and this is something similar to what they would have over there in Israel. No doubt, maybe they'd have some bigger ram horns or whatever that they would play. But once that, that ram's horn had sounded, there was nothing that could take the sound that had lift, left there. Amen. This sound meant something. It wasn't just a bunch of air being blown through a trumpet, but it had a meaning. Amen. And it had something. It had a landing place. And when it found that landing place, there was nothing that could stop it from bringing it to pass. Amen. I'll, I'll just blow it. If I've been wanting to blow it in church, so I'll just do it right now. If that's all right with you. Now try to take that sound and put it back in here. You can't do it. It's already been released. It's already been spoken. And there ain't nothing that can take it and put it back. Amen. And I believe that we have heard messages after messages. It was a jubilee trumpet sound. And it was, amen, the conflict between God and Satan. It was armed and dangerous. It was all of these things down, amen, down through every service. God sounding the trumpet. And there ain't a devil in hell that can make you take it back. There ain't a devil in hell that can take the power away from them. I don't care how many critics rise up and say it's this or that or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. They cannot take it and put it back to what's been released to this church. Amen to the people that are here. Amen. When this rock that was released, this is a rock that was fat, that I picked up in the very valley that David gathered stones at. Amen. When that rock was released from that sling and it was let go, there wasn't a devil that could stop it. Goliath couldn't stop it. There was nothing that could keep it from hitting his mark because it was released in the name of Jesus Christ. And I believe that we have heard service after service after service. And I want you to understand the devil can't do nothing about Amen. He's already released it. It's a word that will not fail. It will bring it to pass. And it don't matter this morning if you still have symptoms. We're going to deal with symptoms this morning. But if you still have symptoms, that means nothing. If you still have stuff that's trying to hold on, that don't mean nothing. The sound has been given and released already. Amen. Sometimes, amen, he says in a vision, of, it'll break forth. And he said, I'll say, thus saith the Lord. He said, you better watch it then. It's already happened. Thus saith the Lord. You're healed in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to be well. He said, when that happens, there ain't enough devils in hell. Hallelujah. What I want you to know, we have thus saith the Lord for healing. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm the Lord God that heals all other diseases. We have thus saith the Lord. So if we have thus saith the Lord, there ain't enough devils that can keep her from coming to pass. 
He said, the woman will go home. She'll feel good for a few days. The life has gone out. But he said, the cancer that was there, she'll feel good and go on rejoicing. The first thing you know, corruption will set in. He said, what is it? He said, it's that little germ that was in there. It's caused that cancer. He said, the devil has went out, but that thing is still there. But she's healed, but she just got to keep going on no matter what. And no matter how sick she gets, she needs to still believe because nothing can change it. Amen. She's bound to get sicker. The whole thing begins to swell. The first thing you know, it gets worse. She gets sick. She gets a fever. She gets down. What's happening? That thing is dying. It is rotting. Amen. Congratulations. If your symptoms have gotten worse, that means that thing is dying. Hallelujah. Now he he goes on to say, now he said, there are miracles that the thing just disappears. He said, but healing, he said, when that spirit is cast out, that that body of that spirit is still there and it has to rot away and the symptoms may seem to get worse, but just hold on a little bit. The word's already been released, amen. And there ain't enough devils that can keep it from coming to pass. Amen. He says, see, Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, not only this tree, but if you say to that mountain, be removed and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. He said, oh, glory. He said, I like these meetings when we can just get together. Yes, sir. And say these words in my name, they shall cast out devils. We witnessed that. In my name, they shall cast out devils. That's what he said. That's what I believe. That's thus saith the Lord. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands upon their sick, and they shall recover. There's a devil exposed right then. Your cancer with that little pet name called cancer, he's nothing but a devil. And he said, that little old fever that's been bothering you, it's a devil. That's what the devil tries to do all the time, burn you up on something, make you sicker when you're prayed for, make you think you lost your experience with God. He's lying to you. It's time comes and when we have to stand on God's word and we may stand alone, but when that time comes, stand there because it's a never failing word. Hallelujah, there's got to be a time you've got to separate yourself from your feelings and your faith. The time is now. Let me go on. He says, sometimes when an evil spirit goes out of a person, many times they don't realize it right then, don't know what to do. He said, they don't. Some of them say, oh, I got sicker. He says, you're supposed to get sicker. (laughs) Hello, somebody. Says you're supposed to get sicker. They don't know that. He said, but that growth that you're dealing with, the doctor deals with it, he cuts it out. But we're dealing with the life of that growth. It's a devil. He said, that cancer, the cancer is one of our great killers. Cancer has a life. And if another life besides another life besides your life is growing, spreading, the Bible calls it a devil. The cancer is called by a medical name, but we know what it is. It's a devil, a tormentor. He said, a cancer, when this life has gone out of the cancer, it's dead. But the growth is still there unless a miracle is performed. Amen. Amen. Well, the growth hanging there, no life in it, it's death. He said, what would a piece of meat, he said, about that big in your body, he said, in plain old southern way of speaking, are we southerns here, okay? 
plain old southern way of speaking it about that being begin to rot in your body and that heart begins to beat and your blood brings the blood through your bloodstream and it picks up that old dead substance of this cancer's body. It'll set in a fever. You'll be sicker than ever. You'll feel good the first 72 hours or so but then the body begins to corrupt. He said, but just hold on. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you're still holding on. Maybe some of you this morning, your symptoms have gotten worse. And you're thinking, my, what's going on? I thought I was healed. You were healed. And you'll stay healed as long as you'll believe that. That's just that old devil dying, that old body that he was in. It's corrupting. It's dying. It's wilting away. Why? Because it's a never-failing word. God said so. He said if a patient has something like a tumor or something of that order, that patient will feel better right away, but within about 72 hours, they'll get sicker than they ever was because the lump or whatever it was, the lump that was in that, the life that was in that lump is dead, but the lump is still there and it begins to break up and the heart pumps the blood and the blood purifies the body. It sets in the fever and sometimes they think, oh, I lost my healing. He said, why the faith that could take the life out of that tumor, unbelief will bring it back again, and there they'll lose their healing. But he said, hold on, God will take care of it. Come on, somebody. Hold on, God will take care of it. He said, little boy here in the wheelchair, you're blind, sir. You're laying on the cot. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. The devil might have bit you, and maybe there's a, but there's enough drawing power in the rock of ages. Let me hide myself in it. The devil can't get you when you're hidden there. Stick with it. Hold on to it. Don't let it away from you, no matter how many symptoms appear, how many this or that or another. Hold on. Stay there until the healing. Healing power has drawn all of that disease away from you. He will do it because he said he would. But we're not to look at symptoms. If you look to symptoms, you're sure to be lost. Any man, any time who looked to the natural things always lost their victory. We're not here, we're, 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 not of a nat- we're, we're natural people, but we're also a supernatural people. Amen. He said, talk about symptoms. He said, if Jonah in the belly of the well would have looked at symptoms, the first thing, he was backslid. And now he's bound hands and feet. He was thrown out of the ship on a stormy sea. And then a fish swallows him. He goes down to the bottom, begins to sit there, maybe four or five miles deep. Jonah backslid, running from God, hands tied behind him on a stormy sea. Five miles deep in the sea in a whale's belly. If you look this way, whale's belly. That way's whale's belly. Right up there's whale's belly. Maybe all you've seen this this week is arthritis, or you've seen your hands, or you've seen your feet, or you've seen this. All you can see is that. Don't worry about that. That's just symptoms. There's already been a sound released. Hallelujah. That's just symptoms. Amen. He, but what did Jonah said? He said they're lying vanities. And he turned away from what he could see with his natural eyes. And he turned his eyes. He said, once more, will I look towards your holy temple? What had happened? Solomon, when he dedicated the temple, it was a release of a sound. He said, when your people are in trouble, if they'll look to this temple and pray, they'll hear from heaven. 
And he said if a man who was backslid and running from God would have the ability to look away from the symptoms, how much more should a people feel with the Holy Ghost better look away from the sickness and their trouble and turn their eyes not to a temple made with hands, but to a cross. Amen. He said, you'll hear from heaven. Hallelujah. If thy people be in trouble anywhere like that and look towards the holy temple and pray, then hear from heaven. And he believed that God heard Solomon's prayer. How many believe God heard your prayer this weekend? Or the minister that prayed for you? He said, if he could look towards a natural earthly temple through a prayer of an earthly man that had been prayed and believed that God heard it, how much more ought you and I as Christians that may be bound with diseases look towards heaven where Christ sits on the right hand of God with his own blood making intercessions now for anything? Symptoms? Yeah, you'll have them, but they're lying vanities. Don't receive them. Don't have nothing to do with them. If you look at them, you're looking away from God. Amen. Amen. We look at the unseen, not what we can see. No one can look at what they see and be a Christian. You've got to believe things that are unseen. It's by faith you're healed, not by sight or by feeling. You're not healed because you can see that you're healed. You're healed because by faith you believe a word that was released. Mercy, I got to say something about this. We got a young man sitting right here. Your name Brother David? Brother David. You know, Brother David flew in yesterday, flew into the airport. He'd been streaming all of our services. He said, I got to be in that church. He flew into the airport, thought he was going to rent a car. Are you too young to rent a car or something? Couldn't get a car. Spent the night in the airport. Somebody gave him a ride to church this morning. Amen. Uh. <laughs> Amen. That's by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. If a man could believe that somehow I'm going to be in those services. And I'm going to go, I got to be there and put such energy and pay a ticket, not knowing how, what, how it's going to happen, but be there. Listen, God's got a word this morning. And he's letting you know, hey, my word has been spoken and it will come to pass. If you believe all things are possible. Quit looking at your symptoms. Quit looking at your problems. Look to the hills which cometh thy hell. Thy help cometh from the Lord. Amen. Amen. If God could send a raven to feed a prophet in the middle of a dry time, he can send a promise to you that'll heal every disease. He'll send the word to your young people that's out there wayward. He'll do whatever it takes. God can move in impossible situations. Amen. All it takes is a word to be released. I want you to understand this morning, you have a trumpet in your own hands, in your own body. It's called your mouth. 
And when you speak the word of God, amen, when a believer that's filled with the Holy Ghost speaks the word of God, it's the same as deity speaking. Let there be light. I wonder if there's a parent here this morning that'll look at it beyond all the blackness and all the sin and say, let there be life. All of a sudden, something will begin to whirl, and all of a sudden, out of void, out of darkness, will step that son and daughter of God. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, what if someone come up to you today, some express agent, throwed a basket full of rattlesnakes that had your name on it, and said, here, they're yours, and you know what they are? He said, just like your symptoms. He said, if you receive them, they're yours. But if you don't take them, you say, I don't want them. Come on, somebody. Is there somebody this morning to release a word and say, I don't want them. The devil, he, that express agent or the devil can stand there and argue all he wants to. But until you sign for them, they belong to him. Don't sign for nothing the devil brings. You say, there it is. I refuse it. Take it back. Hallelujah. We heard Saturday night, take it back. We're going to reverse it on the devil. You take it back. It's not mine. That sickness ain't mine. That arthritis ain't mine. That hand trouble ain't mine. That high blood pressure ain't mine. That sugar diabetes ain't mine. You take it back. You go back to hell where you came from. I want the devil to leave this morning packing all his symptoms back to hell. I'm not signing for it. I'm not receiving nothing from you, devil. I'm going home, hell, in the name of Jesus Christ. Take it back, devil. You that's got my son out there, bail. Take your hands off of God's property. It's my son. I dedicated him to the Lord. He said, when you can do that, that's when you're getting faith. Give your faith a chance. Turn it loose. Turn it loose on the devil. Unbridle it. Let it go to work. You got it bound down with traditions. Well, I just got to carry this. I just got to, this is for God's glory. No, no, no. There's been a word released. Can I do it again? I heard it Wednesday night. You don't have to live with that thing. You don't have to stay bound down for 18 years. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! This morning, I'm walking away from here a free person. Because it's an unfailing word with an unfailing promise. And it will come to pass. Turn it loose. Listen, you wouldn't put on this earth for the devil to torment you. You was put on this earth to torment the devil. Hallelujah. Somebody's word is right. 
Either you're looking at what your symptoms are and what the devil says, or you're looking at what God says. But the first time, as a prophet of God, you testify of your sickness, it brings you right down to that realm again. You sign for it. Refuse it. Testify of what you believe. Come on, somebody. Go ahead. Testify of what you believe. He said, when I had stomach trouble so bad to even the doctors thought I was going to die if I ate another meal, I refused to testify anymore. But nothing what God said. What God said I was going to believe. Jesus died to heal us. I mean, Wednesday night. Goodness, if I don't just shut the devil's mouth up. That's what happens when this air leaves this. It goes and it shuts the devil's mouth. He can't say nothing against the word of God. He, he knows his time's over. Amen. When that horn was released, the slave owner didn't have no right to say nothing no more. Couldn't say, hey, you got to hold this, you hold this, and then you can go. It's for, your, it's for God's glory. Are you kidding me? I heard a sound. I just want to throw this thing down, and I'm walking away from here. Amen. Jesus, if... if, if, if if sickness is for God's glory, for you to live in sickness, then Jesus died in vain. He died that you could be free. That's so simple. That's, that's his glory is your freedom. Uh, anything else is a Catholicism. Bringing people back to bondage. Bringing people back to, well, you got to do this and pay so much penance and then you'll make baloney. Take that tin can garbage somewhere else. I'm eating on the Lamb's book of life. Every one of you is healed. He said, everyone, Jesus died to heal us. Every one of you is healed. Every one of you is healed right now. How many wants to testify that right now? Amen. Right now, Jesus has already healed you. You just have to confess it and believe it. By his stripes, you were, past tense, healed. That's when he did it at Calvary. That's when he overcome all sickness, sin at Calvary for you. Just like a table set in there, only thing you have to do is go eat. You have to accept it, believe it in your heart, confess it. He's the high priest of our confession. He said, but when I started to eat and swallow the first mouthful, doctor said one mouthful will be uh, indigestion, and the boy died right there. And he said, I went in, and I fixed me the biggest bowl of beans and cornbread and onions. That's tough on a good stomach. <laughs> Ain't that right, Brother L? That's tough on a, on a good stomach. He said, you take an eye, and he said, but I took it, and I asked the blessing over it. And I put it in my mouth and I chewed it up and I swallowed it. And the whisperer came and said, you're going to die. And here it come right back up. He said, I held my mouth and I swallowed it back down again. He said, nope, I'm refusing you, sir. Somebody's right, either what my system said or what God said. Hello, somebody. 
I'm looking to what he said. I went down the street, hot water running down my mouth soon. I was singing, I can, I will, I do believe that Jesus heals me now. Somebody said, how are you feeling? I said, wonderful. Sure, how are you feeling? Fine, anything wrong? Nothing. How are you feeling? Fine. Are you healed? Sure. I stayed with it day after day, week after week. I, but one morning, I was healed. It came to pass. I believed him. I took him at his word. He said, nobody ever cast it away from me, but the word said so. And the word of God will defeat Satan any place, any time, anywhere, on any condition. I'm thankful the word of God isn't dependent on a certain day or a certain time or a certain place. It'll defeat Satan anywhere, anytime, any place, on any condition. That's what it is, God's word. Heavens and earth will pass away, but his word shall never fail. He said, my word will not return unto me void. He sends his word out. His word's going to return, packing the victory. He sends his word out. That lost son's out there, and it begins to fly over and goes, amen, and it's going for a reason. That lost daughter's out there somewhere. That word has been released. Just because it's been a week, two weeks, a month, a year, don't give up. It's searching. It's going to find them. Amen. Healing is going to take place. It's been released. There ain't enough devils that can stop it. Amen. They thought they could in Daniel's day. They held it up for 21 days. But did they stop it? No. He said, I heard your prayer on the first day. What was that angel doing? It was fighting the spirit of that kingdom. And we're living in the worst age it's ever been. There's spirits that's trying to block our blessings. But you just hold on. That word will pierce through every storm. It'll pierce through every bar room. It'll go down through every drug. It'll do what it takes to bring God's word to pass. It'll bankrupt heaven. Before one word goes unfulfilled. Just because it seems worse don't mean it ain't getting better. Hello, somebody. Just because it seems worse doesn't mean it ain't getting better. Listen to this. He said, you're suffering, aren't you, sister? You got kidney trouble. Kidney trouble. Yeah, real nervous, too. Sister said, I guess I am. He said, not as much as I thought I'd be. Yes, sir, that's it. I mean, just you're a deep thinker, kind of nervous, always just getting ahead of, my, of time too. All right, sister, come here. Now will you bow your head, dear merciful Father. I pray that you'll be merciful to our sister tonight as I bless her now with this healing. With, for her healing, Satan, you bound her. But in the name of Jesus Christ, leave the woman. Come out of her. Amen. He says, now you go do what I say. Go on. And don't even think about your kidney trouble no more. It's going to leave you. He said, you may have symptoms for at least eight to ten days, burning and so forth and weakness, but it'll clear up. You're all right. Oh, hallelujah. Don't give up, little children. Amen. Amen. 
You might have symptoms now for several days. Just keep holding on. It might be getting worse. Just keep holding on. It's a sign. Just because it got worse don't mean it ain't getting better. There was a man, we know the story, a man by the name of John Ryan. This fellow was blind in a meeting there in Fort Wayne. Come to the meeting, several thousand people. About two nights before, the piano played the great physician. Now is near the sympathizing Jesus. By the way, when our piano went off, that wasn't the Lord. That was somebody hit the button. <laughs> but this was the Lord. He's, the sister's playing, and she raises her hands. The piano continues to play. The great physician now is near the sympathizing Jesus and the angel of God in the world, of, world down in the room where I was at. And I thought a custodian had turned the light on me. When I had the little boy in my arms, I dropped him while the girl, a Nazarene girl, playing the piano. She jumped up and started running and screaming. She seen that little boy walk off the platform normal. She had a reason to jump up and scream. And just in case, and I know they will, critics are going to see our jumping and screaming. And they're going to criticize. Don't criticize because you wasn't here. There was a reason to jump and scream. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, they say, well, you're just going back to Pentecost. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> but the problem is they get Azusa Street and Pentecost mixed up. We're going back to Pentecost. Back to the original. And as far as I can understand and read all about it, there was a bunch of jumping and screaming going on. Drunk people. Staggering out. And people accusing them of being there drinking some wine. And they said, well, what do you mean? This ain't the third hour of the day. This ain't the wine you're thinking about. But this is that that the prophet Joel spoke about. And I'd like to tell whoever wants to watch it, this is that that Peter spoke about. This is that that Joel spoke about. And listen, I'll take that kind of atmosphere. I'll take it every day. I'll take it every service because I've seen what that atmosphere produces. I'll take an atmosphere of jumping and screaming if it produces a little girl that was bound by fear so horribly she didn't even want to leave her house until where she can be set free. I'll take an atmosphere that take a hold of my wife and take all the redness away from her and the high blood pressure away from her. I'll take that kind of atmosphere. Go ahead and criticize, but I'll let you know you wasn't here. I have a reason to shout. I have a reason to dance. I have a reason to praise my God. Hallelujah. He backed it up. He said amen. He said amen. He did it. I didn't do it. He did it. How many was healed in that atmosphere? How many was delivered in that atmosphere? How many was filled with the Holy Ghost in that atmosphere? That's what I want. It's the same atmosphere that gave a blind man back his sight. Now it didn't happen right there, but it was said right there. 
Oh, come on, somebody. It didn't happen that night or the next night. It didn't happen right then, but it was said right then. You're healed, John Ryan. You're going to receive your sight. And he said, I'm healed. I'm still blind. But the word had been released. The word had been spoken. And it didn't matter how long. See, word of the word of God is not captured by time. It's not in the boundaries of time. This word goes beyond time. Because this word is not a creature of time. It's a creature of eternity. Hallelujah. And the swerver said, you're healed, John Ryan. John Ryan was, well, what do you mean I'm healed? I'm still blind. He said, I didn't say it. He said it. And if he said it, he's going to bring the path. Well, what should I do, Brother Bram? Just go testify and you're healed. Now, John Ryan still had symptoms. He still could walk and feel his way around. He was still dependent on feelings. But the word had said he's healed. The word said it's over. Brother Branham said it got so sunk in that man's heart. He said, okay. And said the next couple of nights, he said, I couldn't hardly preach. He was up in the mezzanine and he would stand up and say, hey, wait just a minute. God healed me. God healed me. Help me back to my seat. Next night, Brother Brown was preaching. Wait, hey, 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 hey. God healed me. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it didn't even happen in that weekend of meetings. But God's word was released. Brother Branham didn't say it. God said it. And I want you to understand this weekend, Brother Josh, Brother Ron, Brother Wayne, they didn't say it. God said it. And if God said it, he'll bring it to pass. It may not happen in a meeting. It may not happen in church. It may happen while you're sitting on a barber's chair. It may happen while the critics are making fun of you because you caused such a stir in the city and you've been testifying of the grace of Almighty God. It might happen in that moment. But just keep on praising. Here's John Ryan sitting in his barber's chair and he said, hey, barber, guess what? What happened to me? He said, what happened to you, John? He said, God healed me. He said, what do you mean God healed you? What you have? He said, I once was blind, but now I see. And the barber said, what do you mean you once was blind? I can still, wait a minute. John's gone. I want to ask you something. Who really was the blind man? Who really was the blind man? It was that barber who refused to hear God's word. Amen. God is in the business of delivering his people. Yes. <laughs> but see, he says again, what happens tomorrow? Some of you ladies, what if an express agent would come to your house, say, how you doing, miss? I have something for you. And you look at it, and it's a great big box full of rattlesnakes. <laughs> what are you going to do, Sister Kathy? I feel like there's a broom somewhere. (laughs) 
Oh, my. I can tell you what, you know, we would come home from our meetings, and one of my dogs is in his pen, Bear is his name. He lived up to his name. Big old three-foot water moccasin got in his pen. Old Bear, he still had the symptoms of it. He's swollen out, but you know what? Old moccasin was dead. The symptoms didn't change that the moccasin was dead. Your symptoms don't change that your enemy's dead. It changes nothing. It don't change the word of God. Your enemy is still dead. You may still bear the symptoms, but just hold on a minute, and you won't see a sign of it anymore. It'll all be gone. This is what Miriam did when she played the tambourine. She still saw symptoms. I, I'm amazed at the Bible. When on one side of the Red Sea, God said, your enemy you'll see no more forever. On the other side, it said they saw them floating in the Red Sea. <laughs> but God knew that the enemy that they would see wasn't the same enemy. He's a dead enemy. Therefore, he has no power to pick up a whip no more. He has no unction to say a word no more. He has nothing left to do. He can't do nothing. Glory to God. Amen. Just because that you got the symptoms, and Miriam saw the symptoms, but she began to praise God. But it wasn't too many moments later. They was at the bottom of the Red Sea, and there wasn't a sign of them left. Hallelujah. Amen. What happens? He says, the devil will say, they're yours. Your name's on me. He said, that's one way it's yours, but still it isn't yours until it's signed for. And if you don't sign it, you'll have to take it back. You might see all your symptoms, and the devil said, here it is. Here's your cancer. Here's your heart trouble. Here's your crypto condition. Refuse to sign for anything the devil brings. Because whatever he brings... Ain't good. Refuse it. I won't have none of it. If you can believe and confess the name of the Lord Jesus and say, I accept Jesus Christ as my healer. How many can just say that right now? I accept Jesus Christ as my healer. There's no affliction, no disease that can stay on you. Hallelujah. Stay right with it. The first thing, time, you know, you'll get weak and say, well, and you just say, well, yep, I still got it. And said, oh, but what happens? The devil come back and say, y'all come on, sign for it. I refuse it. How you feeling? Wonderful. Hallelujah. Show the devil what you're made of. You're born again by the Spirit of God. You don't have to bow down to his images. Stay right there. Say, I don't want your stuff. He said, maybe that's your case in that wheelchair there and there. Remember what a good man did for you one day. He said, the devil might have tied you up to that thing. He said, but there's a good man, Jesus Christ, who redeemed you, who cut every string loose from you. When you see the rest of them rising to your feet and believe it, do the same thing. Because you're free from the devil's pits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't sign for nothing. 
Amen. He brought it. Don't mean you have to have it. Refuse it. I still ain't got it. Devil, take it all back. That's all. I won't have it. Refuse to have your sickness, your arthritis, whatever it is. I just haven't got it. By his stripes, I'm healed. Stand right on that ground and confess it, believe it, stay there. God will bring it to pass. No matter what it is, just believe it. But he said if people keep looking at their symptoms, a pastor will pray for them. They'll go over and say, well, I don't seem to be any better. That's not healing. Symptoms sometimes gets worse. He said one of the greatest scarecrows the devil's got, amen, symptoms just has nothing to do with it because God said so. That's the scarecrow, the symptom. He said there's anything ever had a case of symptoms, it was Jonah. He had a bad symptom, backslid, hands tied behind him, the belly of the well, deep in the ocean, stormy sea, sea waves wrapped around his neck. Talk about symptoms. But he looked away from them. Everywhere he looked was well's belly. But he said they're lying vanities and I'm not going to look at them no more. Depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at your symptoms, they'll be there. If you look at God's word, symptoms will vanish. Hallelujah. Mercy. He said, oh, going back to the snakes, he says, they're there. The devil's there. We're not trying to imagine that he's not there. There's not no hoopla like that. He's there. He's a real devil. They're there. Your name might be pinned on it. He might have wrote your name there. He might have marked you for death or anything, but refuse to say it. Say, by his stripes, I'm healed. Testify, which means say the same thing. If I testify in court saying something or another, I got to say the same thing that I've seen. Testify means to say the same thing God said. That's what he was doing it wasn't, you know, we get the idea that, well, we're lying. We're, I don't feel good. It's not, it's not, but we're not, we're turning our looks away from our feelings. And you're testifying, not of your, you're not saying what the sickness is saying. You're saying what God said. To be a true testimony. Amen. By his stripes, I'm healed. He said, listen, little children, the word of God will defeat Satan anywhere, any place, any time, in any conditions. When Jesus was here, he was God, God in Christ, reconciled himself, the world to himself, but he never used any of his gifts. He brought the kingdom of God so low that the weakest Christian could use it. When Satan comes, he said, if thou be. But Jesus said it's written. If thou be. Jesus said it was written. He used the word of God to defeat him. It's written. God promised me. I could, I'll go to church and the pastor anoint me with oil. Pray for me. And I was prayed for. That's exactly what God would say would happen. And it's written. Just go right on and refuse to have whatever the devil said. It's written. I'm going to walk on in my healing. Because it's written. It's written in the Bible. Your healing is written here. Hallelujah, it's already written. It's there. As Jesus would take what was written and defeat Satan, you also take what's written. Brother Branham would talk about the young boy that was killed in Finland. This is one of the things that so gripped me as I would ever I first heard this story. He said he told about it for years. I thought that was amazing, Brother, Brother Wayne talking, about, talking to somebody about this very story and him saying, well, it didn't happen like that, and, this, and the man wasn't even there. 
So how can you testify of something you didn't see? So anyway, by the way, he's one of them backslidden preachers. But anyway, he, Brother Brown would say he was, he'd wrote it for two years to put it on the fly leaf of your Bible. It's going to happen. And before he knew it, he was standing in the vision and not even realizing it. And one of the brothers had walked up to the accident and he's like, come back and just crying and just, Brother Brown, you're not going to believe this. This boy is just mangled. It's, it's terrible. And he said, it just tears me up because I also got a son over there. This man was telling Brother Branham. Brother Branham walks up there and he looks at the little boy. And he said, there was something familiar about him. He said, but I couldn't place him. And he said, I turned around, began to walk back to my vehicle. And he said, a hand grabbed a hold of me. And he said, I turned. And when I turned, I looked. And I saw those lapping rocks and that hillside and all those things. He said, then it hit me. I knew I was standing in that vision. He said, when I knew where I was standing, he said, you could lay, line every devil up in hell. And it could not keep it from coming to pass. I was hearing him this morning. And why, why I think Pentecost failed, he said, he said, there's a fundamentalist in the Pentecost. He said, one knows, uh, they both have checks. He said, but one knows there's a power there, but they don't know who they are. One knows who they are, but they don't believe the power is there. He said, if we could ever get those two together, he said, we would see the miraculous take place. Hello, somebody. I thought the miraculous was taking place. But now we got somebody that also knows who they are. And not only do they know who they are, they know there's power there to bring to pass what is spoken. And if we could ever get those things, the time is now for the phenomenal, for the miraculous. Why is the time now? Because now we're standing in the vision. <laughs> it's already been written. I'll have a bride without spot, without wrinkle. It's already been written. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. It's already been written. Amen. We're now standing where the prophecy was spoken. And you can line every devil up. You can like that. Listen, Satan has tried to bring his line up the best he's got. I love how Brother Wayne said it. He's trying to bring the best he's got into this age. He's uncapped hell and brought thousands times thousands. What is he trying to do to keep these people from realizing? Because he knows the last time those people realized, hell was shook up on the day of Pentecost when there was a people that realized, hey, we're standing in what was written. He said, go into Jerusalem and I will do you with power on high. It was a jubilee trumpet and they realized, hey, this is that. We are standing in what was written. We are here now. This ain't for the future. This ain't for the past. This is for the present. Hallelujah. And when they realized where they were standing, you can line every devil up. And he said they walked out of that upper room and they walked to the gate called Beautiful and there was a man who had been laying there. How many times did they walk past? But now they know they're standing and they know there's power there. 
walked to the gate called beautiful and they said silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ rise up and walk they were standing in the vision they were standing in what was written and here Brother Branham is standing in what had been written on fly leaves of Bibles two years prior. And now he realized, I'm here. And they said, you line every devil up. It ain't going to keep that boy from coming up. If he ain't up in the next five minutes, call me a false prophet. He walks over there and lays hand on him. And the boy jumped to his feet alive, not just alive, but there wasn't a broken bone in his body. Full restoration. Full redemption brought it right back. Why? Because he realized I am standing where it was written in the never failing word of God. And I'm looking at a people this morning that's also standing where it is written. And the God of peace shall put Satan under your feet. We are standing where it's written. And there ain't a devil. If he lines up, we're just going to walk over. If he gets in our path, we're just going to go forward. Why? I've heard a trumpet sound. I've heard a trumpet sound. I've heard the word of God. And it said, it is written. There is a bride upon the earth. Satan, be careful. We are standing where it is written. Hallelujah. We are standing in thus saith the Lord. And now I'm here at the gate of Eden Life Tabernacle. And I say, such as I have, give unto thee. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. Take your God-given privileges. Stand strong. Fight with everything. We are standing where it's written. We're standing in the days of miracles. We're standing in the days of signs and wonders. We're standing in the days of crippled boys and girls that Satan has taken out there and wrecked their lives. And they're all mangled up. But we are standing in a familiar place. In the place where all things are possible. In the place where we shall speak and it'll happen. We are standing where it is written. Line every devil up. He's not going to keep our sons. He's not going to keep our daughters. But we're going to speak the word and they're going to rise up. There won't be broken bones. It'll be full restoration, full redemption, full glory fall on You are standing where it's written. All the devils in hell, all the forces of evil cannot stop it. The time is here that the spoken word of God is ready to come to pass. If I was you this morning, I would let it off my lips. Let your trumpet sound. Let it sound in your land. This is my moment. This is my time. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Let it loose. Let your faith loose. 
I'll not take another moment with this devil. You are standing where it is written, thus saith the Lord. You're in that state right now under the God-given privilege. You have a right to enjoy the full blessings of all the apostles had, of all the church had, the early church. It will remain because there's a people here that believes all things are possible. If they don't want it, that's all right. I'll take it. If they want to despise it, they want to make fun of it, that's all right. Give it to me. I'll take it because there's healing, there's deliverance, there's salvation, there's Holy Ghost. I'll take it. It's a wonderful place. You are standing where it is written. You can't stop it. You can't keep it from coming. It's time you let the devil know you can't stop it. Because I'm not the one that's saying it. He's the one that's saying it. You can't, you couldn't stop it then. Amen. I'm on the day of Pentecost, and you can't stop it now. God's gospel is moving. It's the sound of freedom. It's the glory of God going throughout the land. Come and taste that the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. We are standing in the promise of thus saith the Lord. Oh, sure. Bear, hey, give me just a few moments. You have to stay on your feet. Sure, the devil's got old crow baits out there. I tell you, every time you see a scarecrow, he said, uh, he said it ain't around a bunch of old hedge apples or something that ain't, ain't needful or something you don't want. It's around those big sweet trees. That's where you see a scarecrow because they're wanting to scare you away. And the devil sticks a square scarecrow around real good Holy Ghost religion. He puts one there. Ah, you're going to go too far. You're going to be this. You're going to be a fanatic. Because right in there lays Jesus Christ. Hello, somebody. Right in that good old Holy Ghost religion lays Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, with his immortal power, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Put his old scarecrows up and say, Well, you got rock and roll music. You got this. You hear people's a little bit too loud. They're too crazy. They're too free. Why? Why is he putting those scarecrows up? Because he knows there's something good in there. Because he knows if they ever get in there, what's going to happen to him is what happened 2,000 years ago when they shook the kingdom of Satan. And the Bible said, These have turned the world upside down. Hallelujah. I'm looking at some people that are standing where it's written. We're going to turn the world upside down. If you didn't like that, watch this. Hey, man, if you didn't like those men, you just keep on watching. They're going to get greater and greater and greater and more wonderful and more glorious. Why? We are standing where it is written. God said so. It's released. 
He can't put my joy back in there. He can't put my, he can't match my freedom back in there. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. It is written. You can never exhaust all of God's love for you. His mercy. You say, well, I hate to bother you so much, Father. Heard this this morning. He wants you to bother him. Wow. He does. Never, never, don't ever think that you can ever ask too much of God. I believe the scripture says you have not because you ask not, and you ask not because you believe not. He wants us to ask and believe that our joys would be full. He wants you to ask abundantly. Ask for big things. That was a big thing to ask somebody to bring you to the church this morning. But God fulfilled his word. That just don't happen. Amen. Ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Go on out here to some other kind of faith. Move out to the big things. Big things are just as easy to receive as little things. Ask big things. It's just as easy to receive as little things. You just have to believe. Could you imagine talking about the inexhaustible God's love and power and his beneficiary to you? Could you imagine a little bitty fish about that long in the middle of the ocean saying, now wait a minute, I better consider this. I better not drink of this water too much. Better go a little sparingly. Might run out. He said that could be easily done. More easy than you could ask too much of God. He's the inexhaustible fountain of life. And whatever you have need of, ask him. And believe. He provided it in the redemptive blessings he died for at Calvary. And he gave a promise to you for everything. Somebody say everything. Everything that you have need of while you're here on this journey, it's yours. How many can say it's mine? It's mine. He said, could you imagine a little mouse in the garners of Egypt? Say, wait a minute. I better not eat but just two grains a day. I might run out. He said, that's the way people act as Christians. Get up in the morning and say, God bless my family. Keep us close. Amen. I've done my religion for the day. He said, I just like to lay in that presence and drink in. Because I know the more I drink in, the more is going to come out. And those little trees, every orange is in the tree that tall, in a seed. It's all there. They just drink in, push out. Drink in, push out. Before you know it, it's got a big shade, and it's dropping fruit everywhere. So blessed it can't even keep it all. Because it's been drinking in and pushing out. Drinking in and pushing out. He says, the believer now, I mean the believer, yeah. is placed in Christ, the inexhaustible fountain of life. And the more you drink, the more you're going to get, and the more you're going to push out. If you can't believe, you say, well, I believe Jesus saved me. That's good. How about the Holy Ghost? Keep believing. Yeah. Divine healing, just keep believing. Every redemptive blessing, when you receive the Holy Ghost... Everything you've got need of between here and glory is in you right then. 
Hello, somebody. The power to release your children is in you. Hallelujah. The power to take a man that was crippled by a grave. They didn't have to call it from heaven. It was in them. Such as I have, give I unto thee. Everything you have need of is in you right then. Just release your faith. If you got the Holy Spirit, he is your faith. The thing you have to know is how to use that faith. Let it go. Let it go. Exercise it. Say, Lord, you can do exceedingly abundant above all I could ever think or ask. Hallelujah. He says, people who talk, there's no such a thing as a Holy Spirit. They don't know what they're talking about. People who talk, they say they serve kind of services are over. They don't know what they're talking about. Oh, come on, somebody. He says, just like that young boy peeling that apple and that man began to tell him there wasn't no God. He said, I got to ask you a question. Is apple, apple sweet or is it sour? Man said, I don't know. You're the one to eat. And he said, just what I thought. They want to say them services is a bunch of Mizusa Street work up Pentecost. I'm the one that's eating this. You don't know nothing about it. But I know what is produced in this assembly. I know what is produced around the world. Cancers have been healed. How blood pressures have been healed. Sugar diabetes has been healed. Amen. I've seen it work time after time after time after time. So you take your own unbelieving spirit back to where you want to go. I'm happy where I am. I am in the word that is written. Hallelujah. How do you, he says, how do you know when you haven't tasted the Lord? How do you know when you haven't even received the Holy Ghost, whether he's real or whether he's not? How do you know when there's faith or power? How do you know there's joy unspeakable and full of glory when you never tasted it, but you that's tasted it? There ain't a devil in hell that can talk you out of it and say it ain't real. There ain't a devil in hell that say that's just a bunch of worse girls. Amen, you know that you know that you know. And Brother Jeremy, there ain't no shame on me. Hallelujah. I've witnessed it. I've seen it. And I'm going to live it. And I'm going to preach it till the day I leave here. Hallelujah. The super sense is stirring. It's power that stirs and drives. Something that makes you do things that you never thought you would ever do. I believe we saw that this weekend. It was a super sense. Brother Branham puts it where it was. He said it was a super sense. It wasn't just an emotion. It wasn't just a workup. It was a super sense. It's a power that stirs and drives. It's faith. Say you got crippled hand. You got prayed for. Your hand, you come up here and believe. God is going to heal you. The pastor prays for you. The old natural man will say, well, my hand ain't no different. You're no better than you ever was. But the sixth sense comes in. Said, that's a lie. You've been prayed for. It's over. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Hallelujah. Let that sixth sense loose. Watch the sixth sense. 
Martha and Mary was, Martha ran out to see Jesus, Lord, but in the sixth sense, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died, but even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. The sixth sense, Jesus pulling himself together, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever live and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou that, thou this? What are you going to say? Are you going to reason? Oh, there's a man laying there under dead, worms crawling through him. He got through saying he was the resurrection and life. That's God's word. The sixth sense, beyond the doctor, beyond the thoughts of science, defying it all, defying reason, casting it down. I'm, it witnesses that God's word is true. I am the resurrection and life. To the grave they went, them two together, and they walked away three. Lazarus, come forth. Because a sixth sense was there. I believe the sixth sense is in the building this morning. Faith is here to believe all things are possible. Hallelujah. Don't look at your symptoms. Look to your Jesus. Turn your eyes to him. I'm turning away from that. I wonder how many say, Lord, I'm turning. I'm turning to Jesus fully with everything I have. These symptoms have been lying to me. Spirits coming at me, but I'm turned. My eyes is on Jesus. You get your eyes on him, you'll walk on the water again. You get your eyes on him, you'll come out of the grave. You get your eyes on him. Turn away from your symptoms. The word's been released. This was a powerful word we heard. It's a sin to disbelieve. So many things we saw that only God could put it together. It was not man saying, what are you preaching? Well, I'll preach this, you preach that, I'm going to preach it. No. It was God orchestrating service after service after service after service after service. And then Wednesday night telling you that sickness is not God's glory. Healing is God's glory. Now he's here today. Will you turn your eyes to him? Turn your eyes.